Welcome to episode 27 of Keeping It a Hundo. I'm your host, Maddie Hundo. Today's guest is one of my closest friends, Mike Simmons. He was a point guard at University of Miami back in the Big East days. And now he runs a basketball program called Pro Day Academy. They play in AAU tournaments, but he specializes in player development. He's one of the best around at it. Mike's been in Miami for about 20 years now, but he's definitely Cali through and through. Born and raised in South Central in LA. And I could tell there was something different about him when I got on campus. I saw him walking around. We came in the same year into University of Miami. And I remember seeing him walk around and be like, who is this dude? Like he walks differently, he talks differently, the way he moves is different. And I guess it explains his nickname, Smooth. He came into University of Miami as a highly rated point guard, highly recruited. And the way he walked around was just different than what I was used to. I mean, Miami itself was different enough for me coming from the Northeast. But then seeing a guy like Mike from LA and some of the Cali guys was just like, a complete culture shock. They had different slang than us. And you could tell who was from up north because we will walk fast to class. We used to be in outside in the cold and not wanting to be out there very long. So we would rush to class. I mean, down there you didn't have to do that, but I guess it was just ingrained in us. But then you would see like the Cali guys and the Southern guys and they would be taking their time to class. And Mike really took his time. I never seen anybody walk as slow as him. But he didn't really walk. He glided like he really was smooth. He was one of the coolest dudes I had ever met. But I didn't know he was on the basketball team because he would be working out in the regular gym with us. And he'd be playing in the wellness center with us with the regular people. And I didn't know he was on the team until, well, until we started playing. And then you could see that he was 10 times better than anybody playing pickup ball. And he was going to be a problem. So... That's how I got to know Mike, playing basketball like most of my friends. We met on a court, and we didn't really hit it off at first because we're polar opposites. Uh, He's really quiet and calm, laid back. I've never really been accused of being laid back, at least not back then. I wasn't laid back at all. I think we kind of clashed at first because of it, but eventually, 20 years later now, he's one of my closest friends. He's more like family. You know, we spent some holidays together and I was there for the birth of his daughter. So this podcast is no different. We recorded it on Thanksgiving Eve. So we had a bottle of Havana Club Selección that I picked up in Cuba. So the Cuban rum was flowing. I just want to preface this conversation by saying Mike's one of the best basketball players I've ever played against. He's one of the best fathers I've ever been around. I love seeing my friends like Mike change the cycle of coming from a single parent home. He grew up without a father like many of my friends and he changed the cycle. And he's been a great father to his daughter, Aubrey. And it's been a pleasure for me to see. Whether you know him as Folio Sims, Smooth Simmons, or Carpaccio, he's the most cavy dude I know. Here's my conversation with Mike Simmons. Hey, 
Nevertheless, I'm hella fresh, rolling joints like a cigarette. So pass it across the table like ping pong. I'm gone, beating my chest like King Kong. It's on, wrap my lips around the phone. I'm here with Carpaccio Simmons. This is just to see what it sounds like. Lean in, I need some help from you. I'm just trying, I'm trying to see what the Carpaccio look like again, man. Or's divorce. Do, see, like <laughs> consisting of thin slice of. Okay, I'm you just read. say or's divorce. Or's do what the fuck, man? Or hors d'oeuvres. I ain't know. I never seen that fucking word. Like that, that, I never seen it written. I never seen it written. <laughs> Holy shit! That's why they say you should read to your children. Like you I've go. never seen this written. Like what book would I have read based on my culture that I'm hors d'oeuvres? Like, like seriously, bro. Like I've never seen that written out. So back in 2011, speaking of Horse Divorce, it was January 8th, 2011. It was my birthday, and we had a dinner at Sardinia Enoteca on South Beach. So we got the usual characters there. Smooth Simmons, 210, C Murder, Bad News Bonds, AKG. A few, a few of them guys are there. So you guys want some... Uh, as you say, hors d'oeuvres, or some appetizers, or some hors d'oeuvres. Yeah, yeah. So Mike orders, uh, do you remember what you ordered? Carpaccio. He orders the beef carpaccio. That's right. So they bring it out, they place it in front of Mike, and he takes a bite, and I look over at him. He doesn't look pleased. And I ask him, well, what's wrong, Mike? This shit is raw, and it's cold. I, I, I had no idea that it was going to be raw. thought the meat was going to be cooked. You know, it was a fancy restaurant. Good choice. I, I thought I knew what I was getting into. Apparently, I was wrong. Yeah, because beef carpaccio is supposed to be served cold and raw. But why, Not why, ice cold. But, but why? Why? What's the point? Like, I want meat that's cooked. <laughs> like, why would I order raw meat? If I knew it was raw meat, I would have never ordered it like it's like it's like going to a sushi restaurant and saying yo why don't you cook this shit because i don't eat all sushi that's 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 raw like right. it, it has but to that, look but that's the culture it has to look that's like it's been it's been kind of heated up a little bit i nah. can't like the tuna is just there's no better way to eat a piece of tuna than fresh out the ocean cut right off the fish and you put it right in your mouth that's not how I grew up. You never had it. I didn't grow up like that. That's not either. how I grew not up. My two that came in the can. Yeah. I Chicken of the sea. I hear you. Same here. Chicken of the sea. But yeah, man, I, I I learned to eat, and this is how we eat now. Yeah, but the the, the, the lettuce was good though. The lettuce <laughs> it came with was so, it came with like some cheese. So speaking of that, right? yeah, they had they yeah. shaved cheese over. Yeah, and that was they good. shaved I, parmesan over the beef. I I, I ate a twenty dollar. Uh, Lettuce with Parmesan. Well, the funny thing is, is there was like the um, garnish in the middle of the plate. It okay. was like some greens in the middle of the beef carpaccio on the outside. And he starts eating that. And he says, you know what? This beef carpaccio is no good, but this salad's all right. It, it was. So he was enjoying the, the garnish in the middle. Yeah, I made a mistake. And I, I made the best of the situation. You certainly did. Yeah. And we, had, we ended up having a great we night. We had a great night. We always have a great night, man. You know? That's where another one of his nicknames came from, Carpaccio Simmons. You also got Smooth Simmons. Yes. You know why we call you Smooth? I, I got that from high school. I don't know why y'all call me Smooth, but I got that from high school. Well, because it's on your fucking chest. It, it, well, or on your arm. Where is it? You have a tatted on you somewhere. I don't know where. where no. You don't have a Smooth tat? No, I don't somewhere? have a Smooth tat. 
I uh, thought you did. No, I don't. Oh, you must have just told us that was your nickname. That man. was my nickname because of my jump shot. Ah, well, high I, school. Man, that's the way you played, of course. Well, you guys took it from another to another direction. Where, right. You know. Right. It, yeah, a consummate yeah. stick man. Yeah. He's got a lot of names. Folio Sims. Yeah, I mean, that's... He's the original. Yeah, that was given to me by uh, Frankie Four Fingers. Yep. Frankie yeah. Foe. Frank Bank. Yeah. Yeah, you had a lot of nicknames. Yeah. And you and Frankie... And Chewy, and Omari, yeah. all you Cali guys, Rodney. Yeah, you always had like this slang that was completely different than everybody else. Yeah, man. I mean, like the Boston and New York and Miami guys, and then there was you guys. Yeah, that's, that's just the, the the Cali slang, which man, you know, that's that's how we grew up. You know, you know, especially from you know Frankie and Mario you know, and and Rodney. You know, they're from the Bay Area, so they slang was a little bit different from the L.A. folks. Um, but, you know, it was all love to be going to a school in a different state and, and have people that are actually from your state that you can relate to. You know, that, that was good. No, they all became good friends of mine. So yeah, that's important. You know, yeah, absolutely. That's how, that's how me and Elton connected on that. Yeah. Talk about where you're from. You're from South Central L.A. Yeah, from L.A., uh, you know, South Central, Vermont, 61st Street. You know, it's you know, growing up in the 80s, you know, you know that era with the, with the drugs and you know, my uncle, my family was affiliated, so you know, I kind of kind of seen it all. Who were know. they running with? Um, the Bloods. You know, um, at that age, you don't really know what is what, but you kind of understand it. And that's why you felt okay see walking at six oh nine. Oh yeah, oh yeah, you definitely. Because because you know, not many people from that went to university in Miami was was from California, right? You know, and and, and that's that's that staple. That dance was that staple. So you you, you put it on display. Didn't you move out of South Central right before the L.A. riots? Right, right before the L.A. riots. You know, at that age, you don't really know what's going on because you don't pay attention to the news and stuff. But, um, yeah, man, we moved, and you turn the TV on, all you see is, you know, the, the Rodney King. Um, you know, your neighborhood's on fire, and you just hope everybody that, you know, that that's still in L.A., your family's all right. Um, it was, It was a... It was a weird you time. You like look and see your neighborhood on the news or something yeah. like being burnt. Absolutely, because it was it was right by USC. Yep. You know that was my favorite school. You know I used to ride my bike to USC just to ride around. You know, yeah, man, it, it, it hit home. But you know it was good for me to get out. You know the environment wasn't you know the best environment, but you know it's just the the lifestyle out there for some people. You know, unfortunately, it was for me. So your family dynamic. I remember you telling me some things, and I don't know how deep you want to go with it, but like... I mean, we're just talking. Let's let's get at it. You're, you know, you had your mom who had her issues. Yeah, yeah. She had some drug problems. Yeah, but it's kind of funny because we, we had a conversation and she felt so bad because a situation that happened with my, my, my sister who's, you know, on a, on a VH1 show. Oh, yeah, she's on so, you know, Housewives. She, no, or, uh, not Housewives. Hip Hop. Love and hip hop. Love and hip hop. Live, love Miami and hip- or LA Hollywood, or Hollywood. Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Apple Watts, my sister. It's my blood sister. Apple, um, she's on. She's on iTunes too, right? Yeah, she got a hit out on, on yeah. iTunes. You know, check her out. Strip a chair. I mean, um, video. I mean, video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's she's a video queen, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? She's doing her thing. I'm proud of her. You know, she's a grown woman, but you know, I support her. I'm her brother. You know, but she she called me with a situation, and I'm like, you know, mom, don't don't stress it, because she felt bad. I'm like. How many people in this in, in the world in this world or in LA grew up the way we did? You know, like 
at that time, it was really tough for me because I was the only boy and I was the oldest. So I kind of had built-in pressure when I had younger sisters, you know, so. You also, you didn't really have a father around. No. And you weren't really sure. Well, what I can recall is that, uh, you know, I grew up with my dad that I thought was my dad, you know, for, for so many years. And I never understood why, because at that time I really wanted to be with my mother. That was my inspiration was to live and be with my mother. Like, you know, that, that was my, my heart and my soul. But, you know, that, that was my, my situation. Um, Why do you think you weren't with your mother at the time? Well, yeah, yeah, it gets to my point where, you know, when I was in college and I'm older and, you know, we, we started to talk more and have a, a better relationship, she would tell me that, you know, at that time, it was better for you to be there than to be out here in the streets with me. And at that age, you don't understand that. But now as an adult, it's hard for me to really like appreciate it. But at some point you have to be like, look, that's probably was the best decision for me. You know, instead of me being out there in the streets and, you know, and with her, you know, her situation. I've had a lot of friends that grew up either without a father, like maybe didn't even know who their father was or like they had a father, but they met him once or twice, like, or they had a father, but they knew them in like a way like, hey, what's up, man? Like just some dude. Well, I mean, it's so just yours was mine. Even, mine was well. It was this is my dad, but I never really felt like he was my father, you know, because I never felt that love. You didn't feel me. that connection. That, that connection was never there. Right. And you know, when you when you have a father, you want as as a young boy, you want someone you can look up to. Like I couldn't look up to him because I knew what he what he what he was about, even at that young age. What was he about? I mean, he was a, he was a guy that would sit on the corner, ask for change. You know what I'm saying? He was a guy that would wake me up, tell me to go to the store to get him a beer. You know what I'm saying? And parents don't understand, like, that affects a kid. And your kid kind of sees that. And, you know, that was the biggest, it was a teaching point because seeing him taught me or showed me what I don't want to become. You know what I'm saying? Like, living in that environment, there's, there's two directions you can go. Do I want to live that lifestyle that my family's portraying? You know, the, 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 the drugs, the gangs, or do I want to go somewhere else? You know, always in my mind at that age that I can remember, I always wanted to be somewhere else. So I don't want to go down that path, you know? I think it explains why you don't spend much time in California. No. You don't go back. It, it's, it's tough because everybody... You love your family. Yeah, I love but, my family, but it's just my personality. And they don't understand that at that age, and you know, because I'm older now, now I reflect because I'm not the perfect person. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I know I have my issues. So as an adult, I'm trying to figure out why do I have these issues? And I can see the pattern and the development from when I was a kid. Because when you're younger, you have vivid memories. You know, I grew up in a house with 14 people. You know, wow. 14 people. I never s- knew it was like that. Slept on the floor with my grandfather, made his bed. I made mine next to his. Um, but hold on. To to bring it full circle about the father thing, why you didn't feel connected is you found out at some point that that guy wasn't even your father. No, right? that wasn't until like I was done with college. But you found out. But I found out. But that connection was never there. It was like, oh, this is my son. When someone asked who I was, but I never said he was my father. Who, who was he really? Was he your mom's boyfriend though? Um, or not even. I mean, my mom. You know, she would she tell me what the situation was and. Being a young woman at that time, I think she was 18, 
like as an adult, like I said, I can kind of understand her thought process then. That's just was the situation. Today's guest is Mike Simmons, uh, former University of Miami point guard. He's the current coach of, I want to call it an AAU team, but it's not really AAU, right? What is it? I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's an academy. So it's a basketball yeah. academy. They travel basketball. Yeah, we, we provide that as well. Um, but my, my, my academy main focus is, is, is player development. You know, so that's, that's what I really focus on. The tournaments and AAU is kind of a component of that to help the kids get the playing experience. But the, the main objective of the academy is, 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 is the development, you know. And from what I hear from a lot of the basketball people that I deal with around Miami, guys I play with, coaches, former players, guys, uh, parents who have kids that play youth basketball, high school basketball, yeah. Mike is as good as it is around as far as player development goes. Appreciate that. I hear I hear a lot of good things about him. So I'm hoping he can parlay this into a to a bigger job, bigger coaching job. Yeah. I've just been doing this, man. This is what I love to do. I dedicated so much of my my life to it. You've just, sacrificed I sacrificed you used to, a lot. You used to have a job out of college where yeah. you made decent money. Yeah. And you took you threw that all out. Yeah. And started from scratch with this basketball stuff. Yeah. And had to claw your way back to you know yeah well that it, type it, of it, it all started like like you said i was working i was working two jobs at that time when i started and i saw a guy outside training a kid or working out with a kid and i'm like you know i'm asking around you know what's you know what's, what's going on and oh he's a trainer this, this is this guy give me his information whatever and i'm like oh well how much he charged for training and they told me the price and i was like what He's charging that much? I could charge half that. Yeah, I can give you better training. Yeah, Frank Lucas. Yeah. That's 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 Frank Lucas. I mean, yep. you know, corner the market. Corner the market, you know, um just give him the pure stuff and you know, it's kind of like <laughs> really you know, my culture. Did, yeah, right? It's, it's what I know, it's what I seen growing up and you know, you see the things that they're teaching and I'm just like that doesn't translate. Yeah. It's not going to translate to the stuff real you, these it's, kids are going to use in games. It's not what they're going to use in games, you know. So I, I got into it and that's how I got into it. Start with one client, just like everybody else. Start with one client and just just builds from there. So your whole let's let's go back to the beginning of your basketball background. Okay. Grew up in South Central. You leave yeah. uh, probably around 12, 11 years old, something mm. like that. Middle school. It had to be after. I was I, in eighth was, grade when the LA riots happened. I know. For, yeah. I so I must have exactly. been. I was in seventh, sixth or seventh grade, because I remember I'm having eleventh, eleven. You graduated Birthday. high school. Your real high school senior class was supposed to be 97? Well, supposed to be 97. Right. I was 96. Exactly. So, yeah. So, I was, I remember, I, mean, I was in sixth grade. Okay. So, you you're in sixth or seventh grade, and I was in, like, eighth grade. LA riots, you move out of South Central. Yeah. To San Bernardino. San Bernardino County. Uh, what uh, town are you in out there? Rialto, California. Rialto. Rialto, California. All right. I moved with my uncle and my auntie then, you know, because I was, you know, I was a foster child, so... And I remember going to court and they're telling me, who do you want to, you know, stay with? And I had to tell them who I want to stay with. If so, not, you get thrown in the system. I'm in the system. So I was fortunate with that, that my uncle and my, my and his wife was able to. Who, who is this aunt and uncle? Um, Are they your mom's family? My mom's or? brother and my, you know, my okay. aunt is married to, okay. my, to my, my blood uncle. And um, they, they all grew up in L.A.? Yeah, they grew up in L.A. Um, you know, athletic family. I, I, I moved with them. We moved to... Uh, you know, Rialto, California. And I think because of the environment, I saw thing I think my family thinks that because my dad's side of family was in the hood. 
But my mom's side, my grandmother lived in a nice part of South Central, you know? So I think that me coming from that environment, they assumed that I carried those traits. So it was always pull your pants up. And I'm like, my pants are not down. They didn't want to send me to a public school. So they sent me to a Christian school. And I'm just like, okay, well, I'm coming from Jehovah Witness household. Now you're sending me to Who a Christian Jehovah, school. Who was Jehovah? That was my dad. Everybody? Yeah, my dad's side of the family. Okay. And I say my dad with, you know, the quotations right. because, you know, but the family took care of me. You know, they, they did their part. And um, so I went to this, I went to Ambassador Christian. Okay. Ambassador Christian. Um, very small school. Um, from eighth grade to 12th grade, it was only nine classrooms. But you weren't there from eighth grade to 12th grade? No, I was there from ninth grade to 10th grade. So you you were already good at basketball, I know that. But it, when were you? When did you really start developing as a basketball player? Were you young, or were you just average I, it, as a it's, young it's, kid? It's kind of like a, it's kind of abstract. Where I vividly remember certain rec games, but I never was really solid on a team. Like I never had nothing consistent. What happened was I I ended up coming to the school, and there was a player there. His name was Donovan Stewart, and he was good. He's one of the school's best players. About six, 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 three, six, four, you know, good size. He was from New York. He had handles. He had a killer jump shot. He just had game, you know, and he was somebody that I, I looked up to early on, you know, because my development as a player came from just studying basketball, watching TV. You know, growing up, like I said, growing up in L.A., the environment wouldn't allow me to go outside much because of my family's affiliations and stuff. So I would just watch games on TV and kind of mimic and learn that way. But he had the total package. After my freshman year, so this is, remember, I didn't play no serious travel ball until the summer going into my sophomore year. Wow. Because he asked me, hey, come try out for my travel team. I had no idea what he was talking about. How, he's, what, a year or two ahead of you? He was, he was a year, I think a year ahead of me. Okay. Um, so I was like, all right, that, cool. That's that whole like mentor protege like relationship is huge in high school. Like I remember having older kids that, that mm -hmm. were playing on the high school team at my high school when I was like in middle school, and they would bring us to these runs, and it was yeah. it was yeah. so important to yeah. get that run in with the older guys. Yeah, because that's how you really knew if you could play. Is like exactly. if you could play with older guys, exactly, and like they body you and but they things, get physical that's what I'm with saying, you. Things and, are different now, where. I live by Anderson Park Simpson Elementary in Rialto. So those that's from Rialto kind of get the area of where I live. And I used to go to Anderson Park like almost every damn day. And on a Sunday, I'm there like 11 a.m. Because I know around 12, 1, it's going to start picking up. Yep. Right? But you'll have grown men coming out there. And it's barbecues. It's yeah. music. The courts are packed. And you can play all day. Like there's times I come home when the park lights go off, and that's like 9, 10 o'clock at night. So I'm there from 11 to 10 p.m., and I got to walk home in the dark, you know? And that's fun, man. there was times where I would just walk from my crib all the way to Rialto High School. That's like, that was a walk. Sometimes I would get to the high school, I had to hop the fence, go walk over to the gym, and then find out the gym's closed. Then I would have to turn around, walk home, it's 8, 9 o'clock at night. I mean, it's about 3, 4 but miles. But at, at least you had a park where you knew that there was going to be games at all the time. All the time. All the, and there was always older older guys. And that's where you earn your rep. 
You know, that's where people in your neighborhood and your area and even your classmates starts to notice you because everybody's there. It's not like that today. You know what I'm saying? Now I'm looking I'm looking on Wikipedia at Rialto. Rialto, California. California. Notable yeah. people. A lot of football players. Really? A lot of football. Don't see much basketball. But see, that's the thing with California. It's it's the, the sports diversity is so big. Ronnie Lott. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. From Rialto. That's what I'm saying. And uh, John Singleton. Okay. Boys in the Hood. Yeah, Boys in the Hood. Yeah. Yep. A former um, Keeping It a Hundo guest works for John Singleton now. Slick Naeem. Beats oh, yeah? little brother is a director Habib? on uh, Snowfall, John Singleton's show on FX. Okay. Yeah, a lot, lot of athletes out of there, though. Oh, shit. Rodney King's from Rialto. Are you serious? That's crazy. Yeah, because... Yeah. And J.J. Fad. J.J. Fad. I didn't okay. know J.J. Fad J.J. Fad is here to rock. Yep. Um, it was a good time, though, man. It was a good time. So so back to, you know, the, the, the basketball thing. It's just that at that age, I was into all three sports. When, when, it was, when it was baseball season, I was in baseball mode. Same here. I was watching baseball. I did the same thing. Yeah, I was, baseball, basketball, football. Yeah, right. I was watching baseball games, like the whole games. You know, listening to the announcers and yep. the commentators. I and loved it. Mimicking the stances. Uh, who, who had that? Uh, Julio Franco. Julio Franco. You know those Wade Boggs. He just did the Julio Franco. with the. Oh te- yeah, 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 man! Like, like I had, I had like baseball albums. Tettleton was down with here. the cars, and I would, I would play games with my cars. So did I. Me and my brother man, like, made our own game up with the. Make your own, bro. Tecmo Bowl. I used to write my own stats down when I played. So do we. Are you serious? Yes. Like you don't. I swear to God, we kept all that. I would uh, Chicago Bears. Listen to this. I used to go outside on my hoop outside my parents' house on 22 Gove Ave in Beverly, Mass. I would play a game Celtics versus Lakers. Me too. I would announce the whole thing. Me too. I would be every single person in the game. Me too. DJ passes it on the wing. Yeah. The bird. Yeah. Bird posting up on. Word how, how hard was that to pass away. the ball to yourself and act yeah, like the you pass to yourself? Yeah. And I had I used to shoot like them if they were yeah. lefty. I shot yeah. a lefty. If, if I did bird shot, I did the chief. My my lefty was Stacy Augman. Oh yeah, because Plastic my man. my era was UNLV. Yep. And they they used to come on that 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 alternate channel. Remember you had the TV, you turn the knobs. But that bottom channel that had like a hundred channels, yep. like they would play on that on that channel. Not on the main channel. Not on the main channels. Yep. They would play on that little auxiliary channel you would have. And I would just search, man. Every like hour I would search for UNOV games. You know what I'm saying? Like Stacy Augman was my man. So I would play left-handed. I would play as Augman. Our neighbors was really good. And we were two basketball families right next door. So I would hop the fence. And we would have just tournaments and games like, the best. and 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 it was it was a good development for me. You know what I'm saying? Because it was a my home court, it's, it's their court. We would do NBA series. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Best of five. Best I had of a, seven. I had a composition notebook where I would play the quarter out. I would have uh-huh. and everything. Now nah, you went too far. And yeah. then I would go write down my stats. You, you went too Bird far. Had, yeah. Bird had 12. DJ had six. Yeah. The Chief had eight. Yeah. Mikhail had. I would write all the Celtics and Lakers stats down, and then I'd play another quarter. Yeah, man. 12-minute quarters. with yeah. a, uh, It was either my Casio stopwatch, yep. or I'd have like a like an oven kitchen timer yeah. sitting behind the little, my The little thing, the bake yeah. timer, yeah. Yep. But when I was, when I, when I, I vividly remember, like, Falling in love with basketball, watching Magic Johnson like make a half court shot. Yep, I remember the shot. You know what I'm saying? Like he threw a half court shot. I was like, oh, that's going in. He hit it. My grandmother was in the front yard, watering the grass. I'm like, grandma, grandma, mama, mama. 
Magic Johnson is in a half court shot. And she's like oblivious to what I'm saying. I'm just, you know, so excited. So I would ball up a sock that was kind of a good side, like a Nerf ball. And I would just hoop on my knees with a little little uh, cardboard box. And I would mimic the moves. And, and from there, that's how you fall in love with the game. Like I remember having the Nerf hoop and me and my brother doing a... Um dunk contest watching the dunk contest for yeah, the first time yeah oh my god those are the best because it's always doing the holiday the holiday nba holidays are the best yeah are the best we had the, the 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 shopping the little cart the plastic cart back in the day that you would carry your groceries or, or fruit in and yeah. that would cut the bottom out oh yeah, yeah, yeah. and then i would just milk hoop, crate milk crate yeah, yeah milk crate and i would hoop in the front yard with the, the milk crate tied to the to porch and I mean, those those are the days man Really was, so let, let's talk about your development. So you you you're you start dominating at a young age at what's it called again? At the a, name of Ambassador this? Christian. Ambassador um, Christian. So you start getting recruited. No, actually, it was because let's go back to the tryout. So I go to the tryout. It was at Riverside Community College, and I'm, I don't know what's going on. It's a bunch of people there. We're just playing games on the side courts, and you know, I just felt good. And next thing you know, he tells me, like, hey, you know, you got picked up. Unfortunately, I went with a couple of more of the teammates, and they didn't get picked up. So that was, like, a a tough moment that at that age you got to make. Like, man, right. my boys ain't make it. Should I stay? And you, it's like, hey, you ain't think twice about it. So, you know, I make the travel team, and it, it was from there. That's when the development started. But my biggest development just came from my coach. You know, I had, I, had, I had some good coaches. I had an older coach, Coach Bell. He was a uh, former, uh, he's a veteran, so his, his, his more method was more military type of, of a structure. And then the, the A-team coach was Kool-Aid, Elvert Perry. <laughs> he was a New Yorker, so at that time, remember, remember the era we growing in, the culture, New Yorkers were, were like religious people that, that when they talk basketball, you listen. We had basketball coaches in Boston from New York. Yeah. I had my first AAU coach ever, sixth grade. He would have practices during Celtics playoff games. Yeah. So we couldn't watch the Celtics games because he was a Knicks fan. Are you serious? Yeah. That, that's, how, that's how big the game was to us at that age, yep. man. And, that, and that, that era, especially Celtics, Knicks, yep. Pistons, Bulls. Rick Brunson's dad. Yeah. You know, that, that, that's that's how it started for me with my development. But, like I said, Donovan Stewart, he lived up the street from me. And, you know, those was, was girls that lived, you know, was his neighbor. So I would drive my bike up there, and I would see him just shooting in it, on his basket. Just shooting, shooting, shooting. We, you know, he'd be out there, he's still shooting. He's working on his game. And the coaches would tell all the other kids, like, hey, you guys need to work on your game. Don't go to the to the to the rec center and just play around and play pickup. He's like, you get better when you work on your game by yourself. So I took heed to that. But also, seeing Donovan do that showed me a path that I had to go. But okay, so you're you're a player development guy now. You yeah. know the difference between shooting around and taking good shots. Yeah. You know, back then, how much do you think you knew? Were you just shooting around? Like I said, I studied the game. Like, so you I, really kind of knew how to work out even kinda, back then? The thing is, like like you said, when the, the dunk contest, the three-point contest would come on, I would record it. And I would really record the three-point contest. And I would watch the shooters shoot in slow motion. Mechanics and Mechanics, all that. mechanics. And then I would go in the backyard 
and I would copy it, yeah. and I would copy it. And if I saw a move that I liked, I would mimic it over and over and over until it felt natural. Then I would go to the park and I would execute it. And then I'm like, yo, it works. It works, this works. And that's, that's when it just picked up for me. It picked up from there. When I saw how hard Donovan was working and that he was also being recruited, and I was like, I want to go to college and play too. Like every kid has that dream. He laid that pathway out for me and I just tried to follow it. Before we get any further, I just want to make it clear. Mike is a former starting point guard in the Big East. Yeah. Like this is, this is a, a serious basketball player. And a lot of times, and I don't even feel uncomfortable saying this, is Mike was kind of considered like he didn't pan out. Like his career didn't quite pan out at, at Miami. Yeah. And the reason why I'm comfortable saying that is because Mike I'm comfortable had, saying it. All right. Well, because Mike, Mike had a decent career. I mean, again, he started in the Big East as a point guard. As a freshman, too. As a freshman. Like, these are, these are, this is something real. This is a real basketball player. But Mike is one of the best basketball players I've ever played with. Like, there's guys, like, Mike came in. I played with a, a bunch of ex-NBA guys and ex-All-American college players and everything. And, like, I'm not the only one. I'm speaking for a lot of people, not just me. When you saw Mike play when he first got to University of Miami, this it's like this dude is dominant. Like he could do everything. Yeah. He's he's about, you know, 6 feet tall cuz uh one of my listeners, one of my loyal listeners, <laughs> AKG, he he tells me I need to give a, a description, height and weight, everything. He wants to know. Yeah, yeah. So I we won't go with his current weight, but I'll we'll go with his playing weight. He was about 198. Yeah, my, my senior year, I was 198, yeah. 198, because I, I remember me, you, and Elton came in the University of Miami as the same weight. Yeah, yeah. We were all 198, but me and Mike were six feet tall. Yeah. What are you, six one, six feet? Yeah, I'm six, 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 six and a half. And Elton was six nine, yeah. six ten, and yeah. he was the same same weight as us. And I remember Elton on my visit, man. He was one of the guys that I think that I this this school would make me feel comfortable, you know, like when we had the... The meat, the little meal at Coach Ham House, man. I remember Elton vividly because of his personality, man. That that kind of opened me up a little bit. So shout, out, I, shout out to Squig, man. Yeah, man. He he gets along with everybody. Yeah, he does, man. He's a, he's a good guy. He really man. does. Uh, that that reminds me. I wanted to ask you, what were your first impressions of some of the guys at at UM? Whether it was on a recruiting trip or when practice scouted or when you first came to campus like, well remember you first um, saw elton you first saw johnny you first, yeah you know, everybody. Yeah. um squig was was, was was you know elton tyler was was a tall lanky guy funny you know always trying to get a laugh out of somebody and you know tim james you know the, the team's leader at that time was the quiet type but you know when he spoke you you, you listen yeah johnny Hemsley. yeah johnny Hemsley, Hemsley and um you know, Vernon Jennings were the older guys. Those those are the guards, and 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 they, you know, they they carried the team a lot. You know, let's um, talk Johnny first. Johnny, yeah, Johnny, man. I'm like, yo, this kid's from Baltimore. Like, I know Baltimore is, you know, Baltimore's coach is kind of tough, and you know, he has the scars on his forehead. Yeah. I'm like, yo, this this guy's kind of kind of legit. You know, then they tell me stories like, yo, he can play. Um, yeah, he was man. A, a pure scorer. Yeah, pure scorer, man. Like. No matter what, he he's a competitor. He competed, man. Like he he kind of showed, you know, he kind of got the team going a lot just because of his competitive nature. Um, you know, Vernon was a veteran guard. You know, smooth cat. 
Vernon was like what? Well, how tall you think Vernon was? Like six four. Like long. six four. Like six four long arms. I mean He's a great like defensive point guard. And I, I hear from people that know Vern and grew up with him, Pepe, that uh hey, we bumped heads a lot because uh You were playing the same position, number nah, one. Nah, but the thing is we were different players and I, yeah. I didn't I didn't see Pepe as a as a threat or whatever because I knew he he was the top dog right now. He he's he's the point guard. You know he's six four. He's the defense. He knows everything. So me coming in, you know, I'm just trying to you just want to get some I'm, minutes. Yeah, I'm just trying to get some minutes. Trying to fill my way in. And but we bumped heads because we kind of like the same type of you know type of girls. So it was like we was always bumping oh, heads. Yeah, part, yeah, yeah. But it's we, always yeah we we bumped heads. But it was like we understood each other. You know what I'm saying? Like it was it was fun. You know what I'm saying? In in, in a way where. You know, you kind of miss those guys, man. You miss that environment. You miss, you know, just just being around them. You know, big wheezy, big wheezy. Yeah, I seen I seen them um, at, at uh, the alumni thing. Not, yeah, I, I was actually gonna go to that. Big wheezy to me was like like the Hulk. You know, he's 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 quiet. He's he's gentle. But when you mess with him, you, you, yo. yo, you're gonna get it. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Not um, often, but but one of my favorites though was uh, Mario Bland, dog. Yeah, I mean, he set hella screens. I mean, I'm like, yo, how is he this height? And he's to me, he dominated the post. Yep. For a guy to be what six five? Yeah, he's listed yeah, at six, six, six Yeah, so. Mario's about six four. Yeah. But he was like, he he can do it all, man. He had the outside handle game. The he can handle the ball. He helped, man. That having him in the game helped relieve a lot of pressure off of me bringing the ball up the court. How could somebody from Mississippi be so refined? <laughs> I have no idea, bro, because <laughs> you know? I've never been to Mississippi. So, <laughs> hey, but know. let's. Real quick, before we just touch on that, your 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 roots are from Louisiana, right? Yeah, yeah. So you have the the Creole people. Mm-hmm. I I I recently read a book about like the Great Migration and why you know people ended up where they did in like, L- in L A. Right? Yeah. yeah. Louisiana is like a big yeah, L A. migration. So yeah, my grandmother. That's interesting. As my hell. grandmother is that kind of that that real fair skin. Light skin Creole, yep. you know. My mom is like that. I didn't believe it until you until I met your mom. Yeah, like she's yeah, like man. you were like, yo, she's your color. Yeah, they look Latin. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just like that. You know, just, just have a beautiful family. Let's just say, let's just say that. Um, so yeah, who else? We had uh, Mike Barnes. No, no, mom. Lucas. Mike, Lucas Barnes. No, he he left. He was there for a year. He was there for a year, but he left the year before I came. Oh, he did. Um, we had Mike Byers. Oh yeah, yeah, Mike Byers. Fort Worth. Fort Worth, yeah. And that's the thing, the connection. Like I grew and up you in, lived I, in Fort Worth. I lived in Fort Worth my 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 eighth grade year. So I kinda had I've kinda been around, you know, because I was in boarding school as well. So playing in that that that's that northeast environment. Went kinda, to boarding school out in Mercersburg Mercers, in Pennsylvania. Yeah, Mercersburg Academy, man. Shout out to Mercersburg too, man. That must have been a culture change. Culture how, shock, how did you man. end up at Mercersburg? Well, this is how I ended up there. My sophomore year at Ambassador Christian. You know, I'm kind of having a name for myself, but I wanted something kind of bigger. So the thing happened was they were telling me that my 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 parents are not paying the tuition. And I don't know how all of a sudden after, you know, that just start coming up, they started acting different towards me. And I told my my uncle and my aunt that I'm like, yo, they're actually like saying stuff to me at the school that's really off out of pocket. You know what I'm saying? Like, they'll call me in the office and was like, oh, you walk around the school like you own it. 
And I'm just like, I'm just walking around my friends, you know, just being a kid. Like, what are you talking about? The funny thing is, is like you kind of came across like that at times because you're quiet. I'm quiet. So people think you think you're like too good for them. But you know how I knew that you didn't. I knew early on at UM that you weren't like that, even though like me and you yeah. didn't hit it off yeah. right away because you used to come into the the regular gym. Yeah, work out in and work out. Yeah, and mo like a lot of the athletes wouldn't do that, and I knew the dudes that were cool because they would be in there because mm -hmm. they didn't think they were better than Man, everybody. Let me tell they would you, just like, work out. I, I've been dealing out. with that since I was a kid. My family, my family was always saying like, "What's uh, asking? What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you?" And I'm like, "Nothing's wrong with me. This is just how I am. I don't know how I'm supposed to be." And just recently, like a day or so ago, I go watch some of my high school kids play. And you know, parent come up to me was like, "Oh, why do you, why are you always look so serious?" And I'm like, I ain't know what to say, but now I'm just like, "Yo, that's just my personality." I'm right. sorry. Like, I'm coming to see the game. I'm studying the game. I'm picking up play calls of the game. I'm looking at player strengths and weaknesses because once I walk in the gym, that system that I'm used to doing turns on. Well, not only are you like a complete focus, like basketball holic. Yeah. But like you're also an introvert. But that was my that was my downfall though. I I, I can vividly say that's like you say I I had a good high school career coming in, but once I got to college, it was a different environment. It was a different world. You, you for don't me. feel like you adjusted enough. I, it whatever I did to get to that point, I stopped, and I don't know what was the reason. But I can't blame the coaches. I can't blame the system. I could only blame myself so so to this day at this point in your life you blame yourself for not absolutely. having a great college basketball career absolutely i mean there's other factors that play a part in it but because of who i am you know certain things that happened in my career you know it kind of pulled me away from that drive and that commitment that i had prior to that because remember like when you i started going into my sophomore year. So think about the years of experience I had to have to either make it to college. So you start travel going into your 10th grade year and you're playing 17 unders, 18 unders from day one. Yeah. So I'm on a B team, but we're playing the same tournament as the A team and mm -hmm. we're getting beat. So my, my experience and my development had to be sped up. So I was kind of young, but I worked so much that that college environment, that college schedule kind of was a lot. Without taking a break for those three, four years, it was kind of tough. Hold on a sec. I just want to pour oh, an ice yeah. cube in here. That's some good shit, man. Isn't it? What is it? It's uh, Havana Club Selection. It's like this really good uh, shit from Cuba Yeah. that you yeah. can't get in the States. Yeah, I yeah. love it. So, yeah, I mean, my, my AAU coach, I love that man. You know what I'm saying? Like, that was like... a real father figure talk know? about your aau experience who did you play against who was on your team like you were, you were coming up like shea cotton was around shea cotton Corey uh, benjamin Corey and the other his benjamin. brother the other benjamin uh sunny benjamin i think uh i didn't know about a sunny benjamin i mean we uh, Tra trayvon carmichael um was uh avandre jones like i mean all we, these guys trayvon carmichael at that time was a, a little shorter than zion williams i remember seeing him at but the he was shootout. like he was like that same size yeah he, he played was, he was like well, no, I mean, he was, he was like 260. He was like 260, but he's like Shea six Cotton, four. though. Shea Cotton was, a, was, was a man child. I mean, he was a freshman just putting in work against like all the top guys in, 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 
in L.A. and, and this, this James everywhere. Cotton. James Cotton. James Cotton was his brother. Played at Long Beach State. Long Beach State. Yep. Yeah. Jason Hart. Uh, yeah. Tony Bland. Mm-hmm. Baron Davis. That Jock Vaughn. Jock Vaughn. Yeah. Stephon Marbury. Uh, I mean. So you you played against these guys uh, in AAU though. Tracy McGrady. Yeah. Yep. I mean AAU played against uh, you know. The, the the typical you know L.A. superstars your Baron Davis uh, um Kenny Bruner yep that I remember Georgetown uh, yeah man um the spin master I forgot his name um uh, he played played with for the N one team um the the sick with it you know those yeah. are the guys yeah. that you know st- you know stuff like that and I mean California at that time was 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 tight when it came to competition absolutely you came in the UM highly rated. Where were you at with all this? Top I, I don't know because you know you gotta understand like back then we didn't have all we had it. You but did, but you didn't have access much. to it. You okay. know what I'm saying? You didn't well, have there was access. no. We barely had internet. Exactly, point, the so. internet really wasn't booming in for us. That stuff didn't really phase me. Like that ranking stuff didn't yeah. phase me because it's not that it wasn't that important. So were um, you were you already getting um, sneaker people? Like I played for a team that was I don't know how it worked back then, but was sponsored by Adidas. Right. So, but we weren't like, you know, the nice uniforms, the Sonny bat. Vaccaro yes. wasn't around. No, no. Sonny Vaccaro, you know, I actually met him. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So like, that's what I'm saying. Like that Yeah, type stuff, of stuff like that, you know, like, you know, he was good with my coach and, you know, you would hear good things about him. But yeah, I played for Adidas and we were playing the local tournaments. Our big tournaments was Vegas. Every year yeah, you got to go to Vegas. Yeah, yeah, it's still, still good now. The Peach Jam in Atlanta. It's like Vegas and back then. then. Yeah. yeah. But we would play at the the the, the Pump Brothers. Yeah. Dana Donna Donna Dana Pump whatever. The, yeah. I don't know them. The Pump bro, the Pump Brothers. Uh, Pump and Run, at uh, Cal State Dominguez. We would play there in tournaments. You know, up in Carson, the things that I remember in the Rockfish League. I think Two Tan Disco Dan yep. was gonna go out for the Rockfish. Yeah. Uh, no, I think he um I think he did some coaching with the Rockfish. Yeah, Rockfish. The Rockfish League was was big time back then. Yeah. Um, so, you know, moving from L.A. to the Valley, all your competition was going back to L.A. So, um, yeah, that's where I would play against the Jason Hearts, the Baron Davis, the Kenny Bruners. You ever get you at know. the O'Bannons? The O'Bannons was a little bit older they're than older. me. Yeah, they were a little Do bit older. You see older his, uh, than Charles Jr. is playing for UCLA now? Oh, really? Yeah. No, nah, I didn't notice that. Yeah. But um, yeah, man, basketball in California is, 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 is always. So did you want to? Didn't you want to play at USC? I wanted to go to USC. That was that was my favorite school. That was like my home school. Like I said, I used to ride my bike there all the time. And I'm pretty sure, Bad News Bonds, Marcus, was also like trying, like he trying almost to go went to, to USC. USC. Yeah. And you're well, talking about University of Southern California, not University of South Carolina. Just Absolutely. To make that point, you know, Trojans. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. But then they ended up picking up another guard. Yep. Who was from I think Modern Day? I forgot his name, but I ended up playing him in college. He had transferred. I ended up playing him in college. Um, so yeah, that's just how it works sometimes, man. Um, but um, you know, the AAU experience back then was 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 kind of a, a wake up call because, like I said, you, you you I played 17 and unders from day one, so you didn't win too many games. But my my teammates, you just stick together and. You know, you develop this, these relationships, and it was it was a, such a good experience, man. Like, like I wish I can go back and relive it again because there were some good players and good friends that I had from my AAU team. So you don't go to USC. How do you end up at UM, at University of Miami? Um, like I said, I was in Mercersburg Academy, 
and and I was get I was being recruited. You know, so I, you're at Mercersburg. Tell, Mercersburg. tell them the numbers you were putting up at Mercersburg. No, the thing is, is let's see, let's tell you how I got to Mercersburg. So we got off of that. Was it when you ran the four two forty in the pads? I, I was at Mercersburg. I know I ran a four three forty in pads after <laughs> after practice. Like football was like one of my <laughs> favorite sports, but oh my god, you know, I, I, he was a freakish athlete. I just yeah. have trouble. Accepting, he tells this story whenever we go out for drinks. I, I told Coach, like your coach, time me in a forty. Let's see how fast I am. Four three in pads. And he said go. I took off. I came back. He he he, he wouldn't want. He didn't want to tell me, so he came back and he said it said four point three. Man, what can I say? I was at Mercersburg and I was playing in this this tournament. One of our rival schools, I think it was St. James. St. James School had a tournament. Yeah, who does Mercersburg play? Bro. Who's in? Who's in? First of all, I, I I'm on a flight, like a red eye flight. I get the Mercer's. No, I get the Mercersburg like late, late evening. And the thing is, I I went there because I transferred schools. I was going to go to Fontana High School and play with Corey that's Benjamin. Where the Benjamins, that, yeah. yeah, that's where the Corey Benjamin and Fontana High School was a powerhouse at that time. Yep. But the CIF blocked it, so I had to go to like AB Miller where the coach, I'm coming in as a sophomore, averaging 25, and the coach is like, putting me on JV and saying, I gotta prove myself. But I'm at practice, and I'm putting in that work. Right. You know what I'm saying? But you, not at that age, you don't understand the coach has his kids already. Yep. There's seniors on there that he can't just move out the way because- He's already made commitments. They have equity with the with the program. Yep. So not understanding that, and I'm, I'm on JV wearing the small uniforms, you know, whatever, playing early. <laughs> You know, and my coach and I, we both didn't like it, but I had no other choice but to stay there because they wouldn't let me play nowhere else. The California Federation wouldn't let me transfer. So he's like, you know what, don't play no more. At that time, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm ranked. And think about you as a coach and a guy that you help bring up, you're trying to help this kid get to college, and he goes to a school and they put him on JV. So, and I'm ranked. And all right, so I sit out and he's like, I got a school for you. It's in Pennsylvania, and I don't want to go. The reason why I didn't want to go is because my mom just had my sisters, which were triplets, and I wanted to be there for my sisters, you know, at least that, you know, that time for my sisters, you know. So, but I had to go because there was no other, you know, option I had. Apple Watts isn't a triplet, is she? No, nah, she's not a triplet. That's my okay. second sister. Okay. Um, you can't have three Apple Watts. No, nah, I can't have three. The world will nah. go crazy. Yeah. However, so I. Oh, told, by the way, I'm surprised. You, she was supposed to be the first person ex- in your family on keeping it a hundo. Yeah, and yeah, she, I, she, yeah. She dipped on. Yeah, me. she dipped. However, I'm here. Yeah. So I'm not disappointed. I'm just saying it wouldn't be bad to have Apple Watts on here. Sis, I'm telling you, holla at my boy, man. <laughs> you know, holla at him. So I go to Mercersburg Academy, and I vividly remember my first night. So they're playing like cards. The jacket's coming off. Yeah, yeah. Some so, good stories coming out. So this story's gonna come out, right? So let's 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 just bear with us. So I'm in there, they're playing cards, and I'm like, yo, he's sitting around a table with a bunch of white kids. And I'm like, yo, Bush, what's going on? Like, that's not normal where we're from, right? So the next morning I go get breakfast, and I'm walking to the, the cafeteria, which is, you know, it's a beautiful campus, by the way. And a white man opens the door for me, and he's like, good morning. I didn't know what to say. Like I literally did not know what to say. I was in shock. This is your first day. This is my this is my first morning. This is a a, a white but man. But you you've seen plenty of white people in San Bernardino. Yeah, but it's 
it wasn't you didn't you didn't you didn't really go into their environment and yeah. that was that was a culture change for me because I remember the Hendricksons they were they were part of the, the school and the church and they would invite me to their house and I'm like so yeah like coming from California and going out there you get exposed to that 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 East Coast basketball so New York had its own style of play yeah DC has its own style of play yeah Baltimore has its own style of play and yeah. like you you start to like and it's certainly different than it's Cali. Certainly different from Cali. Cali was more showtime, three point shooting. You not know, as physical. It's not as physical. You go to the East Coast, it's cold and it's like handles. People get to the rack whenever they want. It's physical as hell, and that's where the Big East came. Right. From. That's and how you got ready the, for yeah, the East man. There. So, and then from there, we we were playing some big time tournaments or whatever, and that's where I think UM recruited me because Coach Freeman was from that that Virginia DC area and yeah. that was his hub you know DMV. For, yeah the DMV area where he recruited so did I mean was it an easy choice were you looking at a couple schools were you my sophomore year I had committed to Cal Cal Berkeley my junior year you wanted to play with Randy Duck yeah remember Randy Duck yeah but I wanted to play for um, Todd Bozeman, man. Yeah. You know, he I went to his I went to the team camp. Did you did you so you ended up playing for Lennon Hamilton, a black coach. Yeah. You wanted to play for Dodd Todd Bozeman, mm-hmm. a black coach. Did you was that important to you? No. You, it, it, you just happened to like them. I happened to like Todd Bozeman because he he can relate to the younger group. He wasn't so militant. He was cool and And, and you wanted to be Jason and Kidd. And I wanted to be like Jason Kidd. <laughs> and they would actually send me like game films of Jason Kidd. Like and I'll open the mail and it'd be like I'd be like, Coach, I need some some film of Jason Kidd. Like a week later, it's like three, five tapes of Jason Kidd. And I was Did you have studying. a high top fade like he did? No. Nah. No, nah, I, I cut my hair low. I had a low boy back then. I remember the University of South Florida coming to Mercedesburg with a jersey with my name and my number on it. And I'm like, wow, that's impressive. Yeah. You know, you're, you're young. And remember, I'm away from home. I'm 3,000 miles away from home. You could have been Chucky Atkins. I could have. Could have, you know. Um, but the thing is, I flew to Miami. Remember, I'm coming from Mercedesburg, which is a boarding school where you got to check in, check out. You really can't be too close to... to almost like a military school. Almost like a military school, but it's a great academic institution. So I, go, I come to Miami for a visit. Literally, I'm like on the plane. I'm like, yo, why are the clouds so low? You know what I'm saying? I'm like, why are they so low? I'm on the plane. I get off. It's Thursday night. So it's college night. Now, I'm in a grove. I'm at the Mayfair. I got to stand at the Mayfair. I was staying at the Mayfair. I got a room with a jacuzzi in there. I'm right here next to the Grove. Yeah. So I'm walking across the street. Mind you, Coach Hamilton said, "Hey, eleven o'clock. You you in it in the room, whatever." So I'm like, "Yo, this party." They have to say that. They're paid to say that. I didn't know that. So I I go out. Who took you out? Nope. That that night I was by myself. Because the next morning I had to have breakfast with Coach and. Yeah, what'd you do by yourself? I walked through um, Fat Tuesdays, bro. I was walking <laughs> through Fat Tuesday, right in the Grove, and I'm like, yo, all these Spanish women. <laughs> and I'm like, this is crazy. So I'm like, I'm coming here. Like, just this off based off the location. It took me one visit, and I ended up at, at UM. Yeah, man, just off the location, man. So I'm like, I'm here, coach. So I'm leaning, we're both leaning into speaking to this microphone right now, and I'm leaning towards my left shoulder. And of course, my left shoulder hurts because I have multiple tears in my labrum. 
and that started a long time ago, but I can tell you one of the main things that caused that was we were playing ball in the wellness center at University of Miami when we were in college, and Mike was strong as shit. He was like built like a brick shit house. I was a strong dude too. I, you know, I played football and I was bigger. I was a little, probably a little bigger up top than Mike, but man, he caught me with a screen and my shoulder popped out. But I played football for 15 years and my shoulder never popped out a joint. He popped my shoulder. I never noticed that though. It fell out and I slid it right back in and I went under the screen and then, you know. The wellness was a spot though. Back then the wellness was a spot. If you didn't get there at 3 p.m., you wasn't getting on the court. No. You know, that, that And that's was, another way we knew that you were a cool dude. Because yeah, Because you used man. to hoop with us all the time I used time to hoop wellness. with you guys all the time. And some of the dude, I mean, I could see being like 6'8 or 6'9 yeah. just being like, nobody here can guard me. Yeah. Like, but you were our size. You're six feet tall. Yeah, man. You could come play with us. Well, you know, when, you be, when you're under that structure a lot, you know, sometimes you need to get away. Get away and play. I played more in the wellness after I graduated, though. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, Makes sense. But it was good times in there, man. It was some good run. And I made all my best friends in there. Yeah, man. The wellness like, is the spot. Like, that's how I got to know you. That's how I got to know everybody. Yeah, man. It was it, the best. The wellness was good run. The best times. All right. You ready to keep it a hundo? Let's keep it a hundo, man. All right. Always. Don't. No bullshit. Who you got one-on-one? Jesus Christ versus Jesus Shuttlesworth. Shuttlesworth. Seems to be the popular answer. What's the best city for basketball in the United States? What city produces the best players consistently? It's hard now. It's a very difficult question. Because New York, you just knew that was bringing everything. So, so who has New York put in the NBA in the last five years? That's what I'm saying. Ten years. I, I don't know. They ain't doing shit. That's what I'm saying. But right. you, know, you know where they fucked up? You know where they fucked up at? Real talk. For me, it's when the N one came out. Because at one point, New York was considered the mecca. Yep. Like it was, it it's was not anymore. It was God for bad. But what happened is, all they stuff spilled out and across the country. The the New York style spilled out, yeah. and it became so commercialized yeah. that everybody picked up. And then, it, and then the, the mystique of it died down. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and their product, their product went other places, and now there's people doing what they do. Yeah, in man. Other yeah, it's almost like they franchised. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Their so product it, it, watered down. It got watered down. Yeah. Like that's one thing about training. I always always feel like when I have too many kids in the gym, I don't want that because yep. I feel like the product. But gets that's the difference down. between you and other people that do what you do because I'm very well aware of how this works. Yeah, they try to get the numbers. They try to get as many people as they can yeah. because that's more dollars. It's more dollars. But you don't do that. You try to keep it it's, more. It's it's different for me because it's more of I done this myself. I I kind of. You're putting your name on it too. Putting my name on it, like, and and that's the thing that a lot of people don't understand. Like, they was like, you got to treat it like a business. Like, how, like me, how do you do that? How do you treat basketball like a business? You know what I love about it is, I was listening to this podcast the other day with this like professional surfer. Okay. And he was talking about like how he used to compete in these surf competitions. Yeah. And he doesn't anymore, but he still gets paid to like rock the uh, gear companies yeah, and whatnot. Yeah. But he was like, he hated that he used to have to compete because surfing is not, you can't rate surfing. He yeah. said it's, surfing is almost more of an art form. It is. And I feel like you look at basketball that way. It is. Because I think like, 
he said like surfing is what gives him like peace of mind. Surfing is how he met his friends. Surfing yeah. is what he does with his kids. Surfing, yeah. like you know what I mean. I don't know anything about surfing, but I understand the message he's trying to send is like if you find something that gives you that peace of mind, something you love that much, it becomes more of an art form. It's, it, exactly. It's like you make these sacrifices because you dedicated and sacrificed so much time of your life to this game that it becomes second nature. You know what I'm saying? So Can you pass me that Havana Club? Yeah. It's Thanksgiving Eve, so we're yeah, celebrating yes, a little sir. bit. So we don't have a city? I mean, the clear answer seems to be like, now, I got, I people got, want to say New York, but it's not New listen, York. Listen, man, listen. I, I love New York. I, I really love D.C. basketball, man. Like that, because I was always in that environment. And one of my, 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 my best teammates, uh, Kevin Harris, is from D.C., and what, uh, Mercersburg? At Mercersburg. And we would play one-on-one. And I'm like, I mean, hey, hey, Kevin, if you're listening, like, we would have... on your Facebook? That's yeah, the only I mean, he's way a, he'll he's listen. good dude, man. We play one-on-one a lot. At one point, we got to, to the point where it was just, it got too physical. He didn't realize that I was studying his game. Like, he would ask me, like, yo, how you do this crossover? And I'm like, I don't know how to tell you because it's just, it's instinct. But your crossover is what I want. You know what I'm saying? He didn't know that. Like, I'm like studying him. Like, this is- Because it was different. It was DC style. And it would, he would yank me every fucking time. I'm like, how was he yanking me? And it was the Allen Iverson crossover yeah. before Allen Iverson put it on the stage. And I'm like, I got to pick this but up. But like, Timmy Hardaway's was different exactly. than Exactly. So what I would do is when I would be at Mercersburg, I would pick up all the DC, New York, and all Maryland type of style basketball, and I will go back home and play and the game just changed for me. Nobody could guard me. Can you cross left or right? That's that's the best crossover because I You have a good left or right? My right? left or right is my best. My right to left is is strong, but my left or like right left to right is so tough. Let me tell you why the left or right is so easy and it really gets people. Think about it. Allen Iverson rarely crossed over right to left. Right. Timmy he was always right to left. He always went through the legs or he he hanged the ball with his left. Because your left feels more loose because it's your off hand. Right. Right? And you come into your strong hand. People's crossovers are different from left to right to right to left. Because my strong right Absolutely. to left is not as strong as my, my left to right is strong because it's more loose. My right to left is more tight because it's my strong hand. So left to right it's is... not as deceptive because it's, it's tighter. It's, yeah. It's tighter. It. You know what I'm saying? It's more, it's more stress on it. My answer to that question... So yeah, I think for I the would, best city, LA. DC? LA. I'm going okay. with LA. I don't know if LA can handle Chicago. I think Chicago might have it. Chicago is a problem. Okay, well, look at the Drew League. Sure. It's talent. Right. I mean, you, you, then you see the LA people. G Baby. Yeah. Still man. doing work in the Drew yeah, League. Yeah, that's right. And his brothers. That's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. For <laughs> a family of what? Four they brothers? They all went to all different schools. All over the country. G baby, Gary Hamilton, man. What a dude, man. What a great dude. Yeah, man. How did Miami stack up with these cities, you think? Because you deal with talent in Miami. You go to tournaments. You play with uh, well, your teams, play against these kids. Yeah, man. But it, it, it's af- Miami is athletic. But they still don't have Like Florida in general is athletic. Like, it's athletic. They have players. There's players no, here. No, but like, I mean, to the extent. To of, the extent of like one of the other cities. Because this is a football state. Right. Oh. You know, football rules the here. The best. Yeah, it's the, the best. best. in the country. Yeah. I mean, but it, it's, the basketball is good here. 
you know, but it's like I said, every city, every state has their different style of play. You know what I'm saying? I think Miami has picked up once LeBron got here, the basketball culture yeah. picked up. And that's that's the things that a person like that has the effect on a whole city. Absolutely. On a whole state. Like my business picked up when LeBron came here. I don't know if I would have loved basketball as much as I did if I didn't grow up watching Bird and the Celtics yeah. in the finals every yeah. year. Like that you grew up watching the Lakers in the finals every year. Like that's yeah. just how we grew up. How sleazy is AAU? And what would you do to clean it up? It's 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 so big now. It's hard to clean it up. I never had that experience, like I said, playing my my age group. So as a coach now, there are there there's there's certain dynamics that 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 needs to change. The age age rule, right? But you got to understand, AAU is driven by just teams winning. Right. The more wins you have, the more you promote your wins. That kind of draws in people. So you get your sponsorships, you get and then you take your sponsorship to the next level. So explain how that works. How like you have a team that's sponsored, kinda right, mm-hmm. but you can get it even to the next level if you guys win more tournaments. Yeah, right? from my experience, that once you get that shoe sponsorship, ship you don't control your team no more. Right, that sponsor controls your team. Right, and that's a, that's a trap because that goes to the same thing for the parents who sponsors your team. They control the team. What's the biggest difference between the kids today and kids when we were growing up? It's hard to say as well. I don't really deal with kids today. I don't really. I I I see a lot of differences, but I don't know. It, there's there's no difference. What well, the the biggest difference is that we had at that time we had to get out and do stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like we had to walk to the park to play, and the parks were jumping. You know that doesn't exist anymore. It, I don't think like you had to you had to like ride by your friend's house on your bike to see if his bike is outside or whatever to see if he's home. Remember, but I was, feel like even now, like they have to go to courts and be like, "Is anybody playing here? Nobody. Nobody. They go to the next court. They Nobody. Go to the next court. There's go, no, you can like drive by a lot of courts and court. the, the courts are empty. But like I said, there there there's more distractions now. You know, we grew up in the video game era, but it's it's at another level now. You know what I'm saying? So. Cell phone era, they're distracted. They're occupied. Back then, it was the purity of the game. Now, it's about popularity. Everybody's posting a picture on Instagram. They want followers. They want followers. Every kid's a phenom. Yeah. Sixth grade. Check out the, yeah. the, 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 the 6'1 fourth grader. Yeah, but then... 6'1 fourth yeah, grader. He's going to be 6'1 yeah. in high school. Yeah, then what? 6'1 in high school, but, you know... Who influenced you the most as a coach? Influences yeah, me like, was it, as a. Did you did you see someone when you were playing and said like I, I want to be a coach like no, this, this person no. like, like even my AAU coach said you're gonna be a coach one day. Coach Hamilton said you're gonna be a good coach one day. Even well, point guards make good coaches. Yeah, even um, I can't I can't remember his name. PC. Yeah, Perry Clark. <laughs> even Perry Clark was like, Mike, you know what you're doing? Run practice. You know, and it's just like well, because he couldn't run it himself yeah, anyway. Yeah, I'll say. But it. No, I never wanted to coach. Like a lot of people ask me, like, why don't you coach for this high school? And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm me. I know I have some things I need to need to improve on for me to be a good high school coach. Like, can nobody fire me right now? Yeah, you can leave my program, but I'm going to continue on. Yep. I don't want nobody complaining to no AD. My son's not playing enough minutes, and then all of a sudden my job is in, je- in jeopardy, or some kid doesn't like the way you talk to him, and 
he complains to the principal or the AD and then your job is in jeopardy. I don't want that. You know, that's not how it, it should be, you know? So I don't know what the, who influences, All right. you know what I'm saying? Like, I just, it's just a game. True or false? You used to bathe in Palmolive. Yes, Palmolive? I, yes I said Palmolive because until we told him <laughs> that it was pronounced Palmolive, he pronounced it Palmolive. Yeah, Palmolive, man. All right, so um, where did this Palmolive, Palmolive bathing come from? I don't from? know, man. I, I just like the Bed Bath & Beyond, you know, the... Yeah, but that's dish detergent. No. Oh, because I'm, I'm from the hood, man. <laughs> I'm from the hood. Like, people that's from the hood, people that, that grew up in these, you know... I mean, inner cities, they know, man. You, you don't always have bubble bath. The best bubble baths for us is... Dish detergent, man. <laughs> like it, it gives you that great bubble. Yeah, it, it may does. not smell good. It does but it give you a lot of bubbles. It gives you a lot of bubbles. I'll man. be doing dishes and the bubbles just in be a bubble bath, man. popping like, out. All right. But that's the great thing about people that coach; they can relate to kids that grow up like that. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. and and sometimes as a coach, you see other coaches that have these type of kids that come from these inner cities. They may be a little bit older. And you, you, you question, like, why? But at the end of the day, man, that kid is off the street. You know what I'm saying? Like, they don't know how to deal with him. But as a coach that lives in that environment, you can really reach and touch those kids, man. And, and those kids need coaches like that, man, yeah. that they can, they can look up to and keep them away from the street. They know man. you live the same thing. They, you live the same thing, man. Like, you've been through it. So, in college, uh, keeping with the Palmolive. In college, if you had to live without one of them, which one would you give up? Palmolive or incense? Because your room was full of both of them. No, what incense? It was candles, man. Candles. What's that What's that candle shop that was across oh, the street? Uh, Pierre Imports. Yeah. Pierre yeah. Imports was my spot, man. I, I go over there and splurge in college, man. It's nothing like coming back from a... So it's the candles. It, more, I important. Wouldn't, I, more important was the candles, man. All right. Continuing with the same topic. Okay. Did anybody do better than you with the ladies at the University of Miami? I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. I, were, I was so low-key with my stuff, man. Like, But you were a world-class stick man at a young age. You were a consummate coxman. You were doing, you were doing a lot in college. Like I said. I was jealous. My downfall. Because you were focused on that a little bit too much? Yeah. 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 My, my, my coach even said that I'm not worried about you playing college ball. I'm worried about the girls when you get to college. You know, when you have someone that's so constricted and, and, and under a, a steady watch, then once they get that freedom, yeah. you know what I'm saying, things open up. And that's why my high school kids, I, I try to tell them, don't get distracted. I don't know, man. Honestly, but you're I, smooth Simmons. I, you can say that, but I shock shy my, guy. I shock myself, that, man. You know? Like I don't know. Some of the girls I dated, I didn't even know how it even happened. It just happened. I didn't go out with the expectations of pulling chicks. It was just like Omari was my PR person, <laughs> right? Omari French, man, one of my best friends, yeah. 
he would communicate to me that such and such likes me, and then it would start from there. So he was my. And all you'd have to do is close the deal. All I do is just close the deal, and that's yeah. that's why the Pierre imports. Yeah, that was the deal. And the music, up. you got to have the music on the playlist. So when we go to the club, when I come back home, the what music. What were some of the artists you were you were? You were I, it was just R and B, man. Yeah. Like he was, I would just bump R and B. It'd be on a constant loop. So when I come home, if it was it was winter, I had the heater on. So when we come back from the club, like she's comfortable. If it was if it was like hot, I had the AC, everything smelling good. So when I come back, everything was set up, and that's that's just what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get back to basketball. Yeah. Let's do come that. On. Best player you ever played against? In high school, high or school, college? college, anything. Toughest player I ever played against was uh, Troy Bell. Boston College, man. I like it. Like, Troy Bell was a tough cover. And Ben Gordon. Ben Gordon, Troy Bell. I saw Troy play over in um, Italy. He played against Elton over there. Yeah. And that was that was cool to see him after seeing him play against you guys in college. I mean, he was just so fast and so crafty with the ball. But his quickness and his pull-up was, was serious, man. Yeah. Best player you ever played with. And that was tough. That's tough, tough, man. You um, guys had what? Three guys from your starting lineup went pro. Yeah. Or went NBA, I should say. More than that, went pro. I played with a lot of good guys, man. I mean, John Simons was my roommate. You know, James Jones, great teammate. You know, Darius Rice. I'm pretty sure Elton said uh, John Simons was the John best John Simons was, 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 was good. And, and, and like my favorites... That's different, though. I, but I'm, I'm just saying, like, that's just how the person I am. Like, John made it to the league and had a great career. Yeah. And we were roommates, but it was like Johnny Hemsley and Mario Bland, man. Like, I don't know, for some reason, it was like Johnny was, like, the personality that I wish I had. Yeah. And, 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 and Mario was just so solid, man. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. If you were doing a pre-draft interview and you could ask one question to a potential draft pick, what would you ask them? What's something you want to know? No, it's irrelevant. It's irrelevant to me because because you don't think anything no. mentally matters. I mean, if you if if your background, no, anything mentally doesn't matter because I played with some crazy players that were good people. You know what I'm saying? Like that's just a filter to find out a way not to draft a guy. When you when you have a guy in mind, you're not gonna ask him no stupid question. That's your guy. But when you try to pick up little questions and stuff like like if I don't want to get into a fight but maybe because I grew up in an environment that's all you saw was fighting and violence like I'm not that person you want to be different. so for you to ask me that question and determine my NBA future off of a question like that like you that just it's just it's just irrelevant if you play ball man you play ball man like that's what you're there to do is play ball now handle yourself in a professional manner anything outside of that man if you want to tell me yeah I'm open ears but I'm not going to poke holes in you man like who was your first crush tv movies my first crush uh what was that uh mexican singer that 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 passed that was that selena 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 tv hmm. yeah man that's that's that was my first crush so you've always liked latin women I always like latin women speaking of latin women you have a daughter named aubrey yes she's a half Half, Hon- half Honduran girl, half me. 
Uh, she's had a dramatic effect on your life, obviously. Obviously, Like, yeah. she's changed you. I've heard some significant changes that she's made in you. But what do you think has been the biggest change? Or, like, the epiphany? It's not, man. It's, like I say, man, I process things differently, bro. Like, not having my mother around or father around has made me understand the importance of being there. Mm-hmm. Right? But you, um, you've made... Uh, Oh yeah, I mean, a ridiculous effort a ridif- a rid- to make sure that you're there. Yeah, I mean, my picking her up is like times. yeah, it's like a hour forty five minute drive in the morning, you know, just there yeah. and an hour back. So it's like a two hour, two and a half hour, three hour drive picking her up. So that that's nothing to me because, you know, when you don't have your parents around, you want to make sure when you become a parent, you're always there because that's all I wanted was my mom just to be there. She had to say nothing to me. As long as I saw her every day, that would have had a huge impact. That's all I wanted. So yeah. I make sure that I'm there for my Because she knows you care. She knows I care. Yep. Who Have you ever watched games on TV, college, pro, whatever, and seen people you grew up playing against and been like, I used to kill that dude. Like, that should be me. Oh. Well, one guy I remember because was at the ABCD camp. Yeah. Right? Um, he was a Floridian, too. Yeah. I'm not saying I, I killed him. Yeah. But, but you knew you could hold your own. But I can hold my own. And yeah. that's that's that was Keon Dooley. Yep. He was he was a veteran NBA. I actually player. want to get him on here exactly. for, for a reason. Um I, I asked Roger to put it on, but hasn't happened yet. Yeah. I mean everybody else I just deserve I think deserve to be in the NBA. I mean, Baron Davis, you know. You know, guys that played my position. And, and I didn't realize that Baron Davis was that freaking big. Like, you know, no homo. 6'3". Like, yeah, man. But, I mean, he had bounce. Yeah, crazy bounce. Like, he'll catch under the basket and just raise up and dunk. And he yeah. was he was big where you, you can feel his weight when you guard him. Yeah. He had a nice... But there were people that were thinner than me and yeah. not couldn't lift weights like I could. But on a basketball court... They will put their weight on you, and you couldn't yeah. do anything. Yeah. It's just like a like a yeah. basketball strong. You, I don't you, even know what to call you it. You can feel that that energy. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's like that energy on the court. Like you can feel it. like it, that person backs you down with that first dribble. You know if that you can't hold that ground. But you not. were really strong on the basketball court too. Yeah, like it was what I was trying to say earlier yeah. with that story about my shoulder. Like you were really strong, and I'm positive I could do more work than you in the weight room, and you were stronger than me on the basketball. Court. I mean, I put in a lot of work, man. Before college, I put in a lot of work, man. Like my routine when I was in seventh, eighth grade, um, even six, was a hundred push-ups, a hundred sit-ups every night, right? And um, there was this the the, the shoes that. That came out back then. Strength shoes. Strength shoes, right? Everybody has strength shoes. So let me tell you, we had a we had a team camp. You know, at at, at the, I didn't have them, but I I had a team camp, and I think I was working the camp. I was part of the camp, and I can't tell you how I got the money to get the shoes, but I found a way to get that money. Did you get the real ones or the? Invitation? I got the real ones, right. but they was like they was like up there, so right. I, I had to had to grab a couple hundred, right? I remember. So I ordered them, and my routine was. You know, they give you a little manual. I mean, I threw that away. You know what I'm saying? So I just, I got in my room. So 100 push-ups, 100 sit-ups. And I would do 1,000 jumps on my, my strength shoes on each leg. So it was 1,000 on my right leg, 1,000 on my left leg. And my body was shut down after that. Like, I'll be passing out. Like, 
I had to go to the bathroom after every workout for like 30 minutes. Like it was nonstop. You knew it was going to happen. It was just, it was a, a body shocking experience. But the result was, was nothing more than you can ask for, man. It was, it was ridiculous, the results. So all my kids, I tell them to do that. But like I say, I put the crumbs down. Yeah. It's up to you to pick them up. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So. Well, they say you can bring the horse to water, but you can't make him drink. And that's the biggest thing about being a trainer. Like, you see talent and you see potential in players, but it's not the same drive that you had when you were playing. So that's, that's the balance that you have to find as a coach and a trainer because these kids don't understand how good they are. They're far more better than I was yeah. at that age. I never know? had a trainer. Imagine having Me a either. trainer. Like, I was my own trainer, but it's just that nowadays there's so much and distraction. And I had bad coaches. Yeah. There's so much distraction that kids are not going to have the time or, or discipline to work on the things they need to work on. All right. Let's get into the fight game. Battle of the Puerto Rican welterweights. Okay. Steel cage match. Big Head James versus Ivan Bogobowski. gotta have like Ivan Morales versus James Rodriguez oh my god I can't do that man you can't put me on a spot like that but there's two good friends of mine man I can't do that man. I just no just picturing it is, is enough yeah it is just picturing those it two. is man because I mean I know Boski what about the intensity of Boski it's off the chain man yeah with him and G like 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 serious like Boski's like like them two don't play no reggae music around G, man. Like he, oh he, my god, he's gonna go off, man. Top five rappers that are alive. Top five, man. He, he forty, man. He uh, forty up there, with man. The Cali shit. He forty two short. Biggie, Tupac. Whoa, Biggie, Tupac. He forty two short. That's four. You got one more. I can go Snoop, man. I mean, that's what I grew up on. You know what I'm saying? Like, you give me five, yeah, that's what I go. I gotta that's go E forty, man, because yep. it's. You know, his, his lingo, man, had, had captured my, yep. you know, my ears when I was young, man. He made so, a lot of Gouda. And too short, man. Like, I used to write down his lyrics as my <laughs> uncle played the songs in his car in the driveway. <laughs> I would sit in the living room copying his lyrics because it was so clear back then that you can listen to the first line of a bar and write it down. Nowadays, you don't know what the hell they're saying. I know what they're talking about. Yeah. Who plays Mike Simmons in the Mike Simmons bio? I got an answer. Yeah, tell me, man. Who you think? Carl good... Thomas. Carl Thomas? <laughs> yeah, but he's a little bit older than me, man. Um, who you going with? I'll play myself, man. Like, nobody can do it better than the person that, that lived it, you know? You, all right, we got two more questions. You got any regrets in life, in basketball? Should you have pulled out? <laughs> Should I have pulled out? That's a tough question. In, in retrospect, yes, but in reality, like, no, like, I wasn't ready to be the father, yeah. you know what I'm saying? But once that child comes, it's like, life starts over, you know what I'm saying? So, it's 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 yes and no. You want to have a, a good foundation to raise your kids, you know what I'm saying? So Yeah. You would have planned it differently, but... Yeah, I would have planned it differently, yeah. Death row meal. What are you eating? I'm eating some collard greens, cornbread, black-eyed peas, and macaroni and cheese, man. 
I mean, it's it's all carbs. You got any proteins in there? That's you got all any I need. Meat? You That's got all any chicken? I need. You even got even any for Thanksgiving, fish. I don't like eating a turkey. Well, turkey's kind of overrated anyway. I, I only eat when I was growing up. I only ate collard greens. Make sure there's black eyes, black eye pea. Yeah. yeah, but you gotta have some pork in the collard. You gotta have some 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 neck bone. All right, or some hog maw yes. in there. You know yes. what I'm saying? Yes. You gotta yes. season yes. it up. All right, collard greens. All right, that's it, man. We that's made it. it. We made it. Yeah. Two hours later. Shit, it don't feel that long, man. Yeah, that's what happens when you have the the Havana Club Selection. Yeah, man. Straight from Cuba. That's some good shit, B. Yeah. Happy Thanksgiving, smooth. Yeah, man. Thanks for coming. How you feel about it? Did he just say Hogmog? I love it. I love that dude. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Mike Simmons. Keeping it a hundo, episode 27. We got a lot more planned for the winter. Be able to uh, hunker down and really get some some good pods in. I got some good ones lined up for Christmas uh, up in Boston. I'd say who it's going to be with, but I don't like to make announcements and then they don't go through. I made that mistake a couple times. I've, I've said certain people are going to be on and it didn't quite work out, so... I'm going to hold off on on uh, dropping the names, but this will be a little tease for you. Yeah, we got some good ones coming. I appreciate you listening. And if you have any kids that are looking to step up their game on the court, you definitely need to uh, get in touch with Mike Simmons at Pro Day Academy. I guarantee Mike will take their game to the next level. So if you want to get in touch with him, you can contact me or you can find him on social media. Pro Day Academy, or Mike Simmons. So until next time, make sure you keep it a hundo. Me and my homies, we tied it in the club. We chop a lot of games, how we do it in the players club. Jump the pool, or kick it in the tub, cause we keep much ass at the players club. I got a hoe named Real the Real. She got a buddy named SB12. Now you know the deal. We get freaky in the studio late night. That's why the beats that you hear come real tight. Something to roll to, something to stroll to. If you's a player in the game, this a hold you. More money, more money for the bankroll. Stick to the script, don't slip in the nine four. A lot of fools put salt in the game to where these women get the notion that they run in the game. Huh. I run my own and I'm my own self person. No respect, make the situation worsen. Feel more HP the sunny deal. There's a players club everywhere you dwell. Lakeview, PH, and Orange Street. A different part of town, a different kind of freak. I just work on my toes on a mink rug. And press play on remote at the players club. Me and my homies, we tied it in the club. We chop a